0: Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is Saturday of the 15th week in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. O God, who show the light of your truth to those who go astray, so that they may return to the right path, give all, who for the faith they profess are accounted Christians, the grace to reject whatever is contrary to the name of Christ, and to strive after all that does it honour. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, for ever and ever. Amen.
2: A reading from the prophet Micah. Woe to those who plot evil, who lie in bed planning mischief. No sooner is it dawn that they do it. Their hands have the strength for it. Seizing the fields that they covet, they take over houses as well. Owner and house they confiscate together, taking both man and inheritance. So the Lord says this. Now it is I who plot such mischief against this breed, as your necks will not escape. Nor will you be able to walk proudly so evil will the time be. On that day, they will make a satire on you. Sing a dirge and say, we are stripped of everything. My people's portion is measured out and shared. No one will give it back to them. Our fields are rewarded to our despoiler. Therefore, you'll have no one to measure out a share in the community of the Lord. The word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God.
2: Do not forget the poor, O Lord. Do
1: not forget the poor, O Lord.
2: Lord, why do you stand afar off and hide yourself in times of distress? The poor man is devoured by the pride of the wicked. He is caught in the schemes that others have made.
1: Do not forget the poor, O Lord.
2: For the wicked man boasts of his heart's desires. The covetous blasphemes and spurns the Lord. In his pride, the wicked says, He will not punish. There is no God. Such are his thoughts.
1: Do not forget the poor, O Lord.
2: His mouth is full of cursing, guile, oppression, mischief and deceit under his tongue. He lies in wait among the reeds. The innocent he murders in secret.
1: Do not forget the poor, O Lord.
2: His eyes are on the watch for the helpless man. But you have seen the trouble and sorrow. You note it. You take it in hand. The helpless trusts himself to you, for you are the helper of the orphan.
1: Do not forget the poor, O Lord.
2: Alleluia, alleluia. God was in Christ to reconcile the world to himself, and the good news of reconciliation he has entrusted to us. Alleluia.
0: The Lord be with you.
1: And with your spirit.
0: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew.
1: Glory to you, O Lord.
0: The Pharisees went out and began to plot against Jesus, discussing how to destroy him. Jesus knew this and withdrew from the district. Many followed him, and he cured them all, but warned them not to make him known. This was to fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah. Here is my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved the favourite of my soul. I will endow him with my spirit and he will proclaim the true faith to the nations. He will not brawl or shout, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. He will not break the crushed reed, nor put out the smouldering wick, till he has led the truth to victory. In his name the nations will put their hope. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. A friend of mine and I, we were reminiscing about a priest friend that we both had who uh, died a couple of years ago. And in our conversation, uh, an old quote of St. Alphonsus Liguori came to mind. He exhorted his priests to be a lion in the pulpit and a lamb in the confessional. And uh, we, you know, we both acknowledge that you know this, this mutual priest friend who, who's been a real example to us in, in priestly ministry was exactly that. He didn't mind telling people what's what in the pulpit, but gee, he was a great confessor, a man who really understood human nature and had compassion and truly was merciful. Now, of course, St. Alphonsus Liguri isn't telling his priests to be anything other than in the image and likeness of Jesus, who really was a lion in the pulpit, but very much the Lamb of God in dealing with those who are broken, in dealing with sinners. So what I'd like to do is just point to a couple of aspects that's revealed to us about who Jesus is in the gospel. Um, You know, not with any great purpose in mind, but just to say, hey, look at Jesus, and isn't he lovable? Now, if you heard the gospel yesterday... It was uh, an encounter between Jesus and the Pharisees, uh, and the Pharisees are challenging the disciples of Jesus for for picking corn on the Sabbath. And, And Jesus, he hasn't got time for that sort of stuff, so, you know, he really puts them in their place. And from there, he goes to the synagogue, and there he looks the Pharisees straight in the eye, and he says, is it against the law to heal a man on the Sabbath? Because there's a man there with a withered hand. Of course, they're struck dumb. They they don't know what to say. And and Jesus heals the man on the Sabbath. And, you know, it really is quite a, a provocative thing to do. You know, Jesus, he's not shy from proclaiming the truth. And he doesn't mind if he offers a word of chastisement and correction to a Pharisee or two. But now we pick up the gospel today and we can see the consequence of what Jesus has done over the last Sabbath in allowing his disciples to pick ears of corn and in healing the man with the withered hand. We read this. The Pharisees went out and began to plot against Jesus, discussing how to destroy him. And Jesus knew this and withdrew from the district. So, you know, because of Jesus' action, because of his willingness to proclaim the truth and expose the hypocrisy of the Pharisees, he's now kind of driven out from civil society, like he has to stay away from built up areas and villages and, and, and populated areas. Now, all of this hardship that Jesus has to endure, I mean, you know, where's he staying? Where's he sleeping? It's, it can't be comfy. But, you know, all of this hardship that Jesus endures is precisely because he's been a lion in the pulpit. But Matthew goes on to describe how he is with the people. He says, "Many followed him, and he cured them all." Doesn't that reveal to us something of Jesus' heart and his mission? What he's come to do? He's he's come to bring healing to those who seek it. Um, but the interesting detail that you know, I, I think for me is something that I perhaps don't yet fully understand. Is is. This thing that Jesus, having cured these people, warns them not to make him known. You know, don't tell the Pharisees because the Pharisees are out to kill me. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I think I think that goes some way to describe why Jesus wants to maintain the secret of the healing that he accomplishes for someone else. But I think there's something more going on. In this moment, we see something expressed of Jesus' humility. You know... To perform such extraordinary deeds, to have done something so life-changing for someone, especially someone who's you know, seriously ill, you know, maybe the lepers, for example, in, in being cleansed and now able to return home. I mean, um, we have some experience of what it's like being quarantined, but I tell you what, quarantine for lepers, that was serious business. You know, them being able to come home to their family, having been deca- declared clean, you know, people who are paralyzed being able to walk. People who are blind being able to see. That Jesus says, oh, and and guys, just let's just keep this between you and me. I mean that that's got to be a really tough call. I mean, um, hey mum, remember how I was blind? Um, I can now see, but I'm not gonna tell you how. <laughs> Why is it that Jesus doesn't want to be known? Well, at least not yet. I mean, certainly part of it's about the Pharisees and and the threat that Jesus is under. But, you know, whatever about the reason, doesn't this expose something of Jesus' love and humility? He's not in it to build a name for himself, you know. He's not tweeting this. He's not going up on Instagram. He's doing something for the other There's not an ounce of vanity in Jesus. Um, And, you know, what's wonderful about these instances is that it makes you think back to the Sermon on the Mount. I mean, Jesus himself gave the exhortation. He said, look, you know, when you fast, don't let people know that you're fasting. You know, put on a happy face. You know, when you give alms, don't have it trumpeted before you, but don't let your left know what your right is doing. And when you pray, don't pray on the street corners, Go to your room where no one will see you, except your father who sees all that is done in secret. Now, don't we see Jesus practicing what he preaches here in this moment? And then the prophet Isaiah gives this beautiful description. You know, Jesus being the fulfillment of this prophecy that, here's the servant I've chosen, my beloved, the favorite of my soul. Now, you would imagine being God's favourite gives you a bit of cred, you know, gives you a bit of reputation, gives you a bit of notoriety. No, no, not at all. He will not brawl or shout, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. He's not there for self-promotion. He's not out there trying to boost his profile as a social influencer. And the apostles surely aren't his PR crowd. And then we read this. He will not break the crushed reed, nor put out the smouldering wick. Here we see something of how Jesus deals with the broken, with the wounded. Truly a lion in the pulpit and a lamb with sinners. Now, you know, I've got no moral of the story for you. I've got no take-home message today. I'm just pointing at Jesus and saying, that's him. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't he marvellous? And don't we have all the more reason to trust him? Yes, he'll be a lion with us sometimes, you know, especially when we have our own hypocrisies exposed. But dealing with us, he will then be the divine physician who cures everyone who turns to him, who won't break the crushed reed, who won't put out the smouldering wick, but instead will act on behalf of the other, not for himself. At the Saviour's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, We may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ.
1: For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever.
0: Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion.
1: My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot, at this moment, receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen.
0: The Lord be with you.
1: And with your spirit.
0: May Almighty God bless you At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us.